Well, I'm in a series right now called Deep Waters, and this series, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to take you and me in deeper areas of worship, past our ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, shoulder deep, where we're treading in the deep waters of the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by deep waters? I'm talking about deeper in his presence, deeper in a passionate relationship with him, deeper in, 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 in seeking his face, in all these different areas. I think that God wants me and you to go deeper. Now I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves when oceans rise. My soul will rest in your embrace. Now I am yours. You are mine. He wants to take you into deep waters of worship. Pray with me. We're going to dive into the word today in an area I think that he wants to really deposit in each and every one of us. Father, we just thank you for this time and thank you for those who got water baptized. We bless them in the name of the Lord. I pray they would grow uh, in the house of God and be fruitful and multiply and do all that you want to do in their lives. Thank you for those who were said, you know, I'm planting my roots here. Thank you for that. You're building the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so, Father, we say, have your way right now, Holy Spirit. Renew our mind. We're called to be transformed into the image of Jesus. So that happens through the renewing of our mind, I think, through your Holy Spirit and your word. So send your word now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, I have mentioned for years raising hands. Probably as a youth pastor, youth camps, I have no idea. We were youth pastors for about almost 10 years and been pastoring Heart of the City Church for over 10 years and we've been, been on church staff as an evangelist and so forth and so on. And we've talked about the raising of hands, but you know what? I, I thought about it. I, I've never preached a sermon on it that I can remember. The, the biblical foundation, the spiritual act, the importance of raising one's hands to God in prayer and in worship. In scriptures, you see things like people bowing. You see people laying prostrate before the Lord. And if you've never been around that, that can be a, a bit un different, maybe uncomfortable. But I think even for those who haven't been around the spiritual activity and the biblical truth of raising of hands, that can be a little bit different. So today, I want to talk, why, why would that be different? Why could it be uncomfortable for people? Why, I, first of all, if, you've been a, if you haven't been in a church that, that really is, uh, practices that individually, I think that makes a difference. I think that uh, possibly if you haven't been taught biblically what the Bible says line upon line, you should just read about the lifting of the hands and the arms throughout the Bible Lots and lots of scriptures. Maybe you just think it's strange. You know, you're okay with going crazy at a Seattle Hawks game or whoever you like, but in church? Uh, maybe you're just quiet and shy and worship tends to kind of go along with your personality. Well, after we look into the word today and you still choose not to raise your hands in worship, hey, listen. You are loved. We are glad that you're here, part of Heart of the City Church. This is not about performance. 
It's about a heart of worship unto God. So with that being said, I'm still going to preach it. I'm going to preach about the power, the bondage-breaking power, the spiritual activity, what the Holy Spirit does through that, what I believe the Word teaches uh, through that about the lifting of the hands. I'm still going to preach about the life-changing uh, activity that's really impacted my life throughout 20 well, you know, I got born again December the 7th, 1986, so in about three days, I'll be celebrating 30 years in the Lord. And so with that being said, as your pastor, this is not about performance, but I do want to teach truths to you that can change your life. So right now, I'm going to about show a video, and I need you to do something with a couple of people around you. Look at them and say, loosen up, and, and look at someone else and say, don't get offended. <laughs> With that being said, you, you must know that something is about to happen, right? So if you'll lower the lights and show this video, I'd appreciate it. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. I want to, Tim. I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're my church, music is rocking, start slow. Hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. <laughs> Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. <laughs> and when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. You're set. <laughs> you're a pro.
We like to have fun in church. Uh, J.O., you're not supposed to have fun in church. Yes, you have. Yes, you do. Lots of fun. Uh, sometimes we tend to resist or ignore or uh, run from and even mock things that we don't understand, label them, judge them, and so forth and so on. Today, I'm asking you to do something. If you would let down your walls, just let your walls down. What walls are you talking about, J.O.? Well, some of you may not have any walls, but if you do, here's a wall. How about the macho wall? Macho, macho man. Just let those walls down. How about traditional walls? How about traditional walls? Those can be big, thick, old, huge walls. The Bible says, Jesus said, the traditions of man makes the word of God of no effect. Your traditions. I'm okay with traditions, but are they traditions of man or of God? And all traditions of man is not bad. I'm just saying they can hinder what God wants to do in your life. How about religious traditions? How about denominational traditions and walls? How about just personalities? Well, J.O., I'm just kind of quiet. Just worship from the inside. Whatever it may be, I just encourage you to let walls down today as we dive into God's word when it comes to the power of lifting of hands in prayer and in worship. The first scripture won't be on the Sky Bible, but it's a powerful scripture. I even used it yesterday in men's prayer. How many of you came out to men's prayer? Just wave at me. There's a lot of you not waving. Something that we've been doing for about 10 years. Men's prayer on the first Saturday of the month, 8 o'clock. We have an amazing time. Remember the engine. And women's prayer on the second Saturday of the month at 9 o'clock. Remember the engine. I encourage you to join us for those times of prayer. Listen to what Jesus' desire is for every one of us. It says, I desire therefore, this is 1 Timothy 2a, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere. How many know that's good? Come on, go with me, church. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Today, I want to give you five smooth stones when it comes to what I think the Bible says, and the Bible says way more that I'm going to touch on today. I'm just going to just present to you five smooth stones in the area of of the power of the lifting of hands, the, the area of, of why we do this and, and what it can represent in each and every one of our lives. The first one is smooth stone number one is reaching. Say that with me, reaching. Reaching. Nehemiah 8.6 says this, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. How many know we serve a great God? Then all the people answered, amen, amen. While lifting up their hands... And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. My babies, I'm so very proud of my babies. I love to see them in ministry and now married. And how many of you parents, no matter how old your kids get, they're still your babies? I kiss my daughter on the forehead and kiss my son right in the beard. <laughs> they're still my babies. 
And I remember my babies, whatever age they were, Seth didn't usually say a lot. Jamie made some very strange noises. I don't even know what it was. But I want to let you know, when they did this to daddy or mama, nobody had to say anything. I knew exactly what they wanted in the sense of, I want you to hold me, daddy. I want you to take me into your arms. When they reached for daddy, when they reached for mom, I didn't have to pull out Siri to figure out what my children were doing, right? I didn't have to go to Webster or anything. There was something inside of me that knew that my children was reaching for daddy or reaching for mom. They didn't have to tell me all I needed to do was lean down and they knew they could trust dad, they could trust mom. I believe that when we're reaching for the father, he knows exactly what's going on in your heart, exactly what you need, and he's willing like a good parent. I love what Jesus said, hey, this is how you pray. Our father... What a great, beautiful, there is not another religion where God is Father, Abba. He's a great Father. And when you reach out to him in honor, I think he loves it. When you reach out to him in respect, I think he loves it. How many of you went to school and you, back in the day, you, you still had to raise your hand before you said anything? Is that still like that in the schools you go to today? Praise God. Well, out of respect, we reach out. Hey, I want to say something. Let me tell you, when you reach out to the Father, he knows exactly what you're going through, and he's there for you. Maybe my kids were tired, Daddy, or they were hungry, or they wanted to get on my shoulders or Mom's shoulders to see the parade, or they wanted to take a nap. It didn't matter. All they had to do was reach. All you have to do is reach for the Father. He wants to pick you up. He wants to be there for you. Why? Because he loves you. We can reach out to the Father in adoration. We can reach out to him by the power of the Holy Spirit and release what's in your heart, release what's in your hands, release what's in your head to him. We can reach out to him in desperation. Here's one of the most most common prayer that I know of. You ready for it? You, You ready for the most common prayer? Help! Anybody ever said that prayer? Help! I think God loves that. Look into him. Come on. He wants you to reach out to him. We can reach out to him in worship and in prayer and praise and thanksgiving. Reach out to him. King of kings, Lord of lords, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Come on. I think he loves it. Listen, last week I talked about How do we magnify Jesus? We magnify him through thanksgiving. Look what thanksgiving means in the Hebrew. Let me read a scripture, Psalms 95, 2 through 3. It says, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully. If If you ever wonder why part of the city church is loud, it's because we believe church should be loud. What's it say right there? Shout joyfully. Look, look. Shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, I love that, and a great king above all gods. You know what that word thanksgiving means in the Hebrew? The word is T-O-D-A, todah or tada, and it means, listen, an extension of the hand. And that's what, it, that's what it means, an extension, thanksgiving, an extension of the hand. 
I love you. Thank you, God. I magnify you. Extending your hand right from the get, extending your hands is a sign of thanksgiving to God, to Christ. Thanks for giving your son. Thanks for giving salvation and your grace and taking care of us. When you extend your hands, you're saying, Thank you, God. Thanksgiving, it also means a vow, adoration, a a choir of worshipers, confession, praise, thanksgiving. I exalt you, God. I magnify you with my hands lifted high. God invites you and I to worship him. And in doing so, you will encounter a fresh, living, powerful touch of the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because Psalms 22, 3 says this. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. When we praise God, we enthrone him. When we enthrone him, guess what? That He's there. He's in your midst. Why do we worship and praise the way? It's the difference between singing some songs. You can sing the song while you're going to you can sing the shower. You can sing some, sing some. I'm talking about worship. I'm talking about where you are engaged. Your, your words and your heart and your spirit is engaged in worship. When that takes place, he comes. He's here. He's here right now. There's different levels of the presence of God. There's the principal presence of God where two or more are gathered. If men Jesse's together in a car, he's there, two or more. And then there's the, the, uh, the omnipresence. I mean, he's everywhere. He's, if you're with the trees or on top of the mountain by yourself, he's there because God's everywhere. But then there's the manifested presence of God. The manifested presence of God. He comes into a place. You can feel him. You can sense him. He's working on hearts. He's changing lives. He's changing your husband. He's changing your marriage. He's changing your wife, your children. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. The manifested glory of God. When you worship him, he comes in glory and manifestation. It's a wonderful thing. Reach out to him. Smooth stone number two. Will you say this with me? Reliance. Reliance. When my children reach out to me and I pick them up, they know that they can rely on daddy. They know they can rely on mama. Even though I used to throw them around and don't tell them, I probably dropped them before. (laughs) Some of you looking at me like you ain't never done that before. (laughs) Don't go and say, oh, the pastor throws their children and drops them on their... Hey, didn't mean to. Probably happened though. But they, they were reliant. They, they, they are reliant. What, what does reliance mean? It means that you depend. Man, I love it. I, I can just come into the house of God and worship freely. I, my reliance is upon you, God. I don't have it all together. I don't, have, I don't know everything. But I can trust you. I can trust the one that knows. I can lean upon you. I can lean into you. I can depend upon you. I can raise my hands in reliance upon you, oh God. You can rely upon him. I think every king and every leader should be reliant upon on Jesus. I, I, I surrender my reliance upon myself. I, I surrender my self-dependency. I'm dependent upon you, God. I trust you. I'm lifting my hands, oh God, relying upon you. Listen to Lamentations 3.41. It says this. Let us lift our hearts 
and our hands to God in heaven. We sang it earlier. Let's check this out. I stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all. I stand. Come on. We stand with arms lifted, with our hearts abandoned. Because you can raise your hand and not mean anything. But man, when your arms is connected with your faith and your spirit and what you're doing and worshiping him, come on, JL, JL, I just was not, I just, I, I, I just was not raised in a church like that. Well, I wasn't either. But I'm going to read the scriptures and I'm going to put into actions the scriptures to the best of my ability because it's the Bible, the B. I-B-L, that's the book for me. Come on, basic instruction before leaving earth. That's what we live by, you guys. Not the tradition, not the denominational walls, but what does Jesus say? I, I love Peter. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and they're out on the water. It's in the middle of the night, and they look and they see a ghost, or they think it's a ghost. And they recognize it, and it's Jesus. And Peter's like, wow, wow, gee, Jesus is walking on the water. Uh, Jesus, if, if that's you, tell me to come. And Jesus says one word, come. You know what Peter does? We're going to step out of the boat. We're going to step out of the boat tonight. We're going to step out of the boat we're going to step out of the boat tonight. Some of you need to do that in your worship. You need to step out of the boat. This has been your worship for so long. Just I don't know. Maybe. If it's you, I'm preaching to you. If it's not, then I'm not. Right? But some of you need to step out of the boat. Peter had no idea. I don't know anyone that's walked on water other than Jesus and Peter, and he steps out of the, the boat. Let me tell you one of the most, the greatest things that will combat your faith, will come against your faith, is your eyeballs, the things that you see. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by So we walk by faith. Guess what Peter does? He gets out, there's a storm, and the Bible says he sees the wind. And he begins to bubble, 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 drowning. Guess what Peter does? Save me! What's Jesus do? Picks him up. Oh, jail, this just sounds like such a failure. I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. How about you? How about you? A wet water walker? See, I don't remember any of the other disciples' names in that story. I remember Peter because he walked by faith and God saved him. God reached out. You know what? You can rely upon Jesus. He's going to take care of you. He loves people to walk by faith. Spoof stone number three, relinquish. Will you say that with me? Relinquish. When I lift my hands... I can be saying in my heart, Lord, I relinquish all to you. I 
surrender all. I can relinquish it to you. Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hand. Amen. I think all leaders and kings should be those who relinquish. They know that they can only do so much. I love Solomon. Look what he does. 1 Kings 8.22. Then Solomon stood. This is the wisest man to ever walk on the earth. An amazing king. Not, not perfect by any means. But Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the assembly of Israel. And he spread out his hands toward heaven. This is, I think, during the time of building the dedication of the temple. Look at verse 54. And, it, and so it was when Solomon had finished praying all this prayer and supplication to the Lord that he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on, he'd been kneeling on his knees, and his hands spread up to heaven. Can you imagine having a president of the United States like that right there? They put him on, there's the film, and there's the president just before the altar come on, lifting their hands and, and worshiping and seeking the face of God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That can happen. That can happen. That's what America needs again. We need God back in every. But this king, man, he relinquished. To me, it's like a picture of relinquishing control to God. God, you're in control. I can trust you. Surrender, by world's definition, can look as loser or weak. But let me tell you something. We don't live in the kingdom of this world. We live in the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God is inside of you. And it's upside down. What do you mean by that, J.O.? God encourages you to surrender. He encourages you. Hey, God, I relinquish it all to you today. I can't do this, man. This business or this marriage or this raising of kids or just life. Come on, you can surrender it. You can raise your white flag to him because you know what? How many of you ever get tired? How many of you, if you're over 50, you're telling me a fib right now because I know you get tired. <laughs> I know you get tired. Let's try it again. Whoever gets tired, amen. amen. You get tired, but I'm going to let you know one that doesn't. His name is Jesus. His hand's not too short. Whatever you're going through, he's there for you. He's with you. Come on. You can relinquish things to him. I love it because I, I just, God, I, I just relinquish, you know. And when you do that, guess what happens? Peace. The more you can relinquish, the more rest that you can have freedom, liberty, less stress. This is a tough one for me because I am a control freak. I can't even tell you what kind of control freak I am. Even on Sundays and Saturdays and throughout the week, just a control freak. And I just, oh God, I just gotta, control freak could drive you crazy. How many of you control freaks? Good, good. I'm glad you're telling the truth in church. We can just let it go. Come on, somebody say it. Let it go. All that worry and anxiety. It didn't add an inch to your statue anyway. Come on. 
Think about everything we worried about, try to control. Did it help? Nip. Nip. Didn't help. Gave you high blood pressure, cholesterol, all that stuff. Come on. Uh, Pastor Don, I asked him to send a video. You're going to see Pastor Don just for a couple of minutes or so. He was traumatically, not, that, that doesn't sound good. He was tremendously touched at a men's retreat several years ago. He had been around for a bit. He was more, a little bit, I'm going to pick on him a little bit. He would have been more like this guy. Maybe. And he shares. I had him send a video from Honduras. Would you show that video right now? Just, just listen to this testimony. Hey, Heart of the City Church, this is Don down here in Honduras. Just wanted to take a minute and really thank you guys uh, for all of your love, your support, most of all your prayers. You guys have been awesome about staying in communication with us, encouraging us. We miss you guys like crazy, but we know that you're absolutely with us through prayer and your support and your communication. Appreciate you guys going and liking Heart of the City Church Honduras Facebook page. That's probably the best place to be able to stay up to date with what's happening. And I'll let you know God is doing some amazing things. He's really really laying some groundwork for the work that we're going to be doing once we're in San Pedro Sula. Uh, I want to take a minute and talk to you about an experience that I have regarding worship. When we first started coming to Heart of the City Church five years ago, we came from a pretty conservative background. And so when we came in and, and we saw people in worship and we saw people getting really excited, lifting their hands, kind of jumping around and stuff like that, I thought it was kind of odd. And we were the people that kind of white knuckled the seat back right in front of us. And my, what I would say to myself is that, you know what, I'm worshiping God inside. It's, it's a very personal thing. But I tell you what, six months into Heart of the City Church, I was at my first men's camp ever, and the Holy Spirit really got a hold of me. He came and he broke some chains. He broke some bondages. And when we went back into worship that evening, I tell you what, you couldn't duck take my hands down to my side because I couldn't help but lift my hands in worship and praise because all of a sudden I was aware of the freedom that I had in Christ Jesus. See, I'd lived in bondage. I'd lived in bondage of what people would think if maybe I lifted my hands in prayer. I lived in bondage to religion. And so when we went back into worship that night, I lifted my hands because I was free. I was free of all of the things that had held me captive to that point. Tell you what, as you guys are in this series on deep waters, I really want to encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to break some chains, to break some bondages, to allow the Holy Spirit to take you deeper. And I tell you what, as the Holy Spirit takes you deeper, I guarantee you that your hands are going to go higher because you know that God Almighty, through what He did, through His Son Jesus Christ, has set you free. So enter into worship. Allow yourselves to be free as well. God bless you. We love you guys, and we can't wait to see you again. How many of you love Pastor Don there? We're, we're live on Saturday night now on 89.9 KYMS, and I texted him yesterday in Honduras, and he was able to listen to us live, and he thought that was very, very cool. And so, um, smooth stone number four. Reaffirm. You can reaffirm your commitment to God on a daily basis. It doesn't have to be on Saturday or Sunday. When I lift my hands, I can say, God, I'm reaffirming my commitment to you, my, my vows to you, my love for you. I reaffirm you're my God, 
I reaffirm that you're my king. You're the great I am. You're my savior. You're a great God. I, I reaffirm my love for you. I reaffirm my loyalty to you. When you raise your hands, you can just say, I reaffirm today. Psalms 63, 4 says, Thus I will bless you while I live. Listen. I will lift up my hands in your name. All the way back in Genesis 14, 22, way back in the beginning of time. I was reading in my devotions this week, and I came across this scripture, even though I already had it in my notes. It says, but Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. Anybody ever been in court before and you had to take a vow and raise your right hand? The power, the power of your hands. You talk to people in here, we have fighters in here. The power that's in their hands. People have been abused by hands. The power that's in the hands, the, the power that God gives us physically and spiritually in our hands. We want to use our hands and our arms in the right way. Right, church? To bless his name. Frank DiMazio says this, good friend of mine, Pastor Frank, he was with us at a greater conference. Raising the hands is a universal sign of surrender. It does not need words. When you raise your hands to God, you're committing to his rulership in your life. It's important to reaffirm your commitment to God continually. We take communion regularly to remember Christ's sacrifice and life given for us. We raise our hands in commitment to God, remembering that we have decided to follow him regardless the cost. It reminds us that we committed to glorifying God in spirit and in truth. Church, I encourage you to reaffirm your commitment through the raising of your hands. I surrender all. I'm yours, God. I trust you. I love you. I'm loyal to you. We sang today that song about, you are my Hosanna. You are my Hosanna. You are my Hosanna. You know what you were singing there? God, save us. God, save us. God, save us. God, Save us. It's beautiful to raise your hands and reaffirming your vows to God. Last smooth stone, number five. I give you five because that's what David had when he went against Goliath. He only needed one, but he had five. I think we need all five for these in this area. Number five, are you ready? You ready? Okay, ready. Right, that's, that's it, ready. <laughs> ready for what, J.O.? Ready for battle. The power that's in your hands and arms when it comes to spiritual warfare. Uh, J.O., I, I, I just don't believe in spiritual warfare. You need to get your head out of the sand. The devil comes to steal, has a very clear agenda to steal kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give you life and life more abundantly. And there's power in your hands and in your worship and in your arms and in your prayers when it comes to spiritual warfare and even physical warfare. I'm going to show you right now out of Exodus. Moses had sent Joshua down in the valley to war against Amalek. And Moses was on top 
of the valley, watching over the war. And now I'm going to just begin reading the scriptures, Exodus 17, 11 through 13. And so it was when Moses held up his hands, look, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Right? But Moses' hands became heavy. Brother's been there doing that a long time, man. He, got, he became heavy. And they took a stone and supported, let's see, and they took a stone and put it under him. Can somebody say it's good to sit on the rock? How many of you know the rock was with us in the Old Testament? The rock is good. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Right? Set on the rock. Let me get it here so I can read. And Aaron and her, not a woman, that's his name. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Guess what happened? They won. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Why? Not because of this, but because of this. God used it spiritually, and God used it physically. Psalms 144.1 says, Blessed be the Lord, here we go again, my rock. Jesus is my rock. How about yours? I could just preach on that right there, the rock that followed Paul and the rock that they spoke to, and one time they hid it, and the rock throughout the entire, just the beauty of the rock. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Listen to this, the power of music, the power of your song. In recent years, the study of quantum physics has yielded a remarkable discovery. Check this out. When music is played at a certain octave, well above human hearing capability, music actually becomes light. Think about that just for a minute. Music actually becomes light. Think about that with your worship and with your song. Darkness is dispersed by the light of my worship. The greater intensity of light, the more darkness is driven away. See, God uses our prayers, our worship, the lifting of our hands, uh, praise, all these different things in the area of warfare. We are engaging in the battle when we lift our hands. We enter into spiritual warfare when we pray and when we praise and, and we have faith. We're dispersing, listen to me, Darkness, dispersing darkness. Like Moses, like Paul and Silas. Remember Paul and Silas? They were in the dungeon. They had been beaten, probably stripped half naked. And, and all of a sudden they began to what? Sing and pray. When they sang and they prayed, things began to happen in the invisible. 
the foundation of the building that they were in began to shake because they sang and praised. Darkness being dispersed. Guess what happened also? The, 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 the power that can happen in and through you as you allow God to use you. The doors of the prisons were opened. Everyone's chains was loosed. Why? Because of two who would enter into warfare, battle through prayer and praise, dispersing darkness, shaking the foundation, open prison doors. Our hands lifted in faith has power to win spiritual victories. Would you let your walls down today? Can we live according to the scriptures and not through the traditions of man?